We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. Welcome into the latest edition of the State of Recruiting podcast. Of course, on the giant CFB Nation Network. Follow us on social media, but more importantly, follow us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you consume your college football content. CFB Nation is right there. Not only do you get the State of Recruiting with yours truly, You get the Lucky Lefty podcast. You get the All-America podcast. You get the IB breakdown, the latest and greatest on the Notre Dame fighting Irish. I'm your host, John Garcia, Jr. Catch my written work at sportsillustrated.com. And as the title of our show suggests, we are here to dig into what the biggest news is surrounding the future of college football. And we come to you December 15th with two, two fresh SI-99 verbal commitments. Kids are not waiting until the 21st and National Signing Day. They are getting decisions in right now. First, Samson Okunlola to Miami, the big-time offensive tackle, number one OT in America on Sports Illustrated. The Canes grab another one. And earlier in the day, Javian Toviano out of Texas, commits to LSU and he's an SI 99 defensive back who we project as more of a nickel type at the next level six foot 185 pounds we got to dig into the LSU Tigers red hot under Brian Kelly but first we've got to start with the hottest program in college football recruiting LSU's hot Utah is very hot Oregon will have a very fun close Texas A&M won't go down without a fight. Auburn is going to do well under Hugh Freeze. Three flips in the last week for the Tigers. But it is the Miami Hurricanes, the unquestionable hottest recruiting program in the country. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Not only do they have the number one class in the ACC, they've got a top five class nationally. The only programs with as many star power laden recruits in their class. It's really one, Alabama. Alabama has nine SI-99 recruits. Miami, Georgia, Texas, Notre Dame, all now sitting with eight SI-99ers on the verbal commitment list, of course, with Oakland Lola joining the fold for the U. Not only does it it help Miami have have the top class, runaway top class in the ACC over Clemson and, and Florida State, it now solidifies one of the biggest weaknesses on that 2022 Miami roster, the offensive line. Okunlola is the icing on the cake of an elite runaway number one offensive line haul in the class of 2023. Okunlola, theoretically your left tackle of the future. Francis Mauigoa, a fellow top 15 overall recruit, your right tackle or maybe an interior prospect in the future, and the list uh, rounds out with IMG Academy's Antonio Tripp. Uh, it rounds out with uh, a, a former uh, international recruit who's now playing his ball in South Florida, Frankie Tilialao, six foot five, three hundred and fifteen pounds. And then on the interior, Tommy Kinsler from up in Ocala, Florida, Trinity Catholic High School, six six three thirty. He's another interior type. So you've basically brought in now, if you're Miami a five-man offensive line, and some of these guys are going to be called upon pretty darn early in Coral Gables. But the biggest news of the day is the addition of Oaken Lola. The final four ahead of this decision was, of course, Miami, Florida, Michigan State, and Alabama. And really, this was interesting. This was framed for a very long time as, hey, Miami's the team to beat. Really, really since Okanola took his summer official visit to Coral Gables, Miami was viewed as the team to beat. So the question from June to December, a six-month span, was really who could start to close that gap? And as the months wore on and we got closer to the end of the college football season, there was a school that emerged as the clear challenger to the Miami Hurricanes. It was right up the road, up I-75. The Florida Gators appeared to be the primary contenders. Not only did they bring in Samson Okanlola and his family for a visit late in the cycle, they followed it up with a second visit, an official visit, to where now your family comes and it's 48 hours on the school's dime. Remember, the Miami trip was a summer official visit. Florida got the last official visit uh, just the weekend or two weekends prior to National Signing Day, prior to Okanlola's verbal commitment so florida very much appeared to be the primary competition for miami so much so that 
we were really discussing this recruitment in the last week or so in particular as a coin flip. This one could easily have leaned towards Florida or Miami could have held off Florida after holding such a long lead for such a long time. It should be noted that Okanlola did take an unofficial visit to Miami during the season as well. Uh, so he did get back down to Miami one more time. So two visits to each campus overall, but two in a row to Gainesville. And it really kind of signaled uh, the true competition for Okanlola. Yet and still, once we got into that 24 to 36 hour range away from the verbal commitment that went down on Thursday afternoon, it was actually Michigan State that started to create some buzz. Was this just a last ditch effort at momentum? Was it a true swing or was it a smokescreen? I don't have that answer because we're just minutes you know, away or minutes behind that verbal commitment that Okalola just made to the U. Uh, so I'd have to dig in on that a little bit more. But Mel Tucker and Michigan State were coming late in the game here for Okanlola. MSU did host him for an official visit in those summer months, right around the time Alabama and Miami hosted him for official visits. So uh, totally fascinating. When's the last time Alabama really wanted a kid and the other three schools all held more buzz at different points? And, and the kid, of course, the kid commits to one of the four not named Alabama. So Bama was in it. Uh, they got an official in the summer months, uh, could not get that return trip to Tuscaloosa. So Samson Okanlola comes off the board to the University of Miami. So what makes him special? Why is he the number one offensive tackle in the country on Sports Illustrated? Well, when we did those preseason rankings, it was really about everything. He checked every single box in our evaluation. So naturally, when we're talking about distinguishing the best players at a position, the frame and the athleticism has to be checked in Sharpie. There has to be no true question marks from those two standpoints. And you could just Google a photo of Samson Okalola and know from a frame standpoint, yes, that box is checked. Listed at six foot five, 305 pounds, carries it incredibly well. He, he walks around like he is 270, 265 He's, he's got some cut in his muscle at 300-plus pounds. As a high school senior, that is not something very common in our experience in tracking the future of college football. So his frame absolutely checks out. He's a, a wrestling champion. He's got that physical lower half built in, in the midsection as well. Uh, lower body dominant, really, type of, of player, uh, but he's more chiseled and cut up top, which means he's got some room to put on a little bit more weight on top of his uh, a great elite frame. Uh, so I think that's uh, really interesting in Okanlola's look and build. Uh, so Samson Okanlola, of course, uh, still room to grow. Uh, we'll see how that works out going forward. And if you talk about, you know, the athleticism part of it, right? I said frame and athleticism both have to really be on 10 if you're going to be considered number one at your position at any position that we rank other ways to show that athleticism has to kind of aid the conversation right so obviously you watch Okanlola play on tape and, and you're fascinated right he's up at Thayer Academy in Brockton Massachusetts dominating folks uh, he looks like a grown man out there against children uh he can get to the second level with ease his kick step his slide his reach blocking his ability to pull and play in space 
elite, elite, elite across the board, dominant against lesser competition. Again, no knock against lesser competition, but if you're going to be a high-level recruit, you better go dominate that lesser competition when the film turns on. Samson checks those boxes in Sharpie. So when you're looking at him versus the other elite tackles or other elite linemen, period, right? Caden Proctor, Francis Maui Goa, uh, among the, the very, very best, how could he further separate himself? Because from a competitive standpoint, everybody else is playing better players, right? Maui Goa is at IMG Academy. Proctor's in Iowa, in the trenches, right? They're playing better competition. So how can Lola project a little bit more safely despite playing worse competition? Well, where else can we pull data from? Where else can we consider overall athleticism beyond what we just see on tape and in drills and, and all these other things where Lola just looks relatively effortless as an offensive tackle. How about the wrestling mat? If there's a sport, it used to be, it used to be, Hey, any other sport, we don't really like that in football. We want you to specialize. And then it became play something else, right? Play something else. Keep your body in shape. Keep those muscles kind of laxed, right? Doing different things, not football year round uh, type of activities. Uh, it became, not so good for you. But it used to be if 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 I was a high school coach and my high school coach was like this, if my football players are done with football, they need to be doing one of two things in the offseason, running track or wrestling. Oak and Lola is an elite, elite wrestler, also through in track and field, by the way, if you're wondering kind of the, the balance there. He did throw the shot and the discus uh, earlier in his high school career, but more recently, a national, excuse me, a, a state champion, won the New England ISL Independent Sports League in the winter of 2021. So a literal wrestling champion on top of all of this. And it correlates on tape. The leverage is there. The movement skills are there. The consistency, the motor is there. We also get another sample of that from Lola on defense. He is a very high motor defensive lineman, and he showed a lot more of that as a senior this fall in 2022. So when you're talking about number one at your position, what all goes into that, it is, are you the prototypical blindside protector or are you not? And we were really close between Okunlola, uh Proctor, and Francis Maui Goa. We ended up moving Maui Goa to interior we, we moved him to a guard projection uh because he's his frame is a little bit more compact than that of oaken lola and caden proctor in particular but these guys all ended up ranking very closely in that si 99 uh oaken lola number five overall and the number one offensive tackle overall in the class of 23 caden proctor number nine overall so the number two offensive tackle so two in the top 10 and then Maui Goa came in right after that at uh, number 13 overall and the number one interior offensive line projection so three offensive linemen in the top 13 overall and here's the interesting part about that it's not a great old line class it absolutely is not a great offensive line class but the top of it is very 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 good between these three in particular Oaken Lola Proctor and Francis Maui Goa, of course, Okanola and Maui Goa, teammates in the future at the University of Miami. So that alone is quite fascinating. You got to go down, if you're wondering, you got to go down to number 29 overall, 
Javen Williams to get the next offensive lineman that we ranked at Sports Illustrated. So when we're profiling that number one guy, you better be that true blindside protector. I think that hurt in the perception of evaluating Maui Goa, although everywhere else, those boxes are unbelievable for him. I think he actually has more day one stuff than Oakland Lola from a physicality standpoint, especially given the competition that Maui Goa faced week in, week out over the last couple of years at IMG Academy. But Oakland Lola had more length, uh, more upside to fill out his frame and truly anchor the blind side and the left side of an offensive line. Proctor, bigger, more physical. He's got some swing in his game too. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of, of Jedrick Wills, who's, who's now playing for the Cleveland Browns, former first-round pick out of Alabama. He reminds me of Jedrick Wills where you can put him at left tackle, but man, a right tackle projection for Caden Proctor is, is cash money. I know a lot of people compare him to Tristan Wirfs because he's you know committed to Iowa and all that fun stuff. But I see more Jedrick Wills in his game to where he could be a swing tackle prospect, but right tackle might be his absolute home. Very wide-bodied, wide-based offensive lineman. He could, he's got some inside ability, in my opinion, there as well, if you need it. So he could play four offensive line spots wherever Caden uh, Proctor signs uh, on Wednesday. That will be really interesting to follow going forward. So uh, Oakland Lola off the board to Miami, huge deal, huge group and haul for Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal, the offensive line coach. Cristobal kind of takes away from Mirabal's perceptional prowess, fairly or not, right? Because Mario Cristobal, known recruiter, known offensive line guy. So people assume it's all about him. But Alex Mirabal, by the way, as, as close a confidant as, as Mario has at any position on his Miami staff, those two literally go back to their childhood uh, in, in South Miami. Alex Mirabal can absolutely recruit. Uh, he, he did it at Oregon. He's doing it now uh, at the U. Uh, Mirabal can absolutely recruit on the offensive line. And uh, one of the one of the offensive line commitments to Miami had a great tweet. I'm pulling it up right now, so uh, don't mind the clicking sounds. But Antonio Tripp, the other IMG Academy offensive lineman committed to Miami, uh, says it's the Great Wall of Mirabal. He, he said, quote, the Great Wall of Mirabal is complete. Ain't nothing left to do but work, fam, at Samson Okanlola, end quote. So, yeah, there's a lot of excitement for Miami. Look, five and seven, missed a bowl. One of the biggest disappointments of any program on the field in 2022, and everyone there knows it. So you expected this kind of rebuttal from the recruiting standpoint under Mario Cristobal, and that's exactly what we're getting at Miami. Five offensive linemen on board, two of them in the top 13 overall of the player rankings. And oh, by the way, neither is the highest ranked Miami commitment because Courtney McLean, the number two overall player and number one overall defensive player and defensive back committed to the U back in October. So the top of this Miami class is really special. And this caps what has been an unbelievable recruiting run for Miami. Uh, just the other day, Ruben Bain jumps on board another SI 99 recruit out of Miami central. You want production, in a pass rusher, Ruben Bain has 47 sacks and counting in his high school career. Oh, by the way, that's only over the last two years. So from the beginning of the 2021 season till now, 47 sacks. And he's playing in Miami, by the way. This is a Miami Central kid. He's playing against 
Northwestern and, and some of these great programs, Booker T. Washington, Edison, Norland, down in the Miami area. Oh, and oh, by the way, against IMG Academy, Bain had three sacks. So this this Miami run has been really special. Uh, there's other uh, prospects who jumped on board with verbal commitments just uh, in the month of December as well. Uh, you've got Christopher Johnson, the running back from Dillard High School in Fort Lauderdale, uh, former Rutgers commitment. This is a speed demon. This is a 10-4, 10-5, 100-meter dash player who has some gadget to him. He can play running back. He can play slot. Surely looks like he will factor into the return game as well. He committed December 11th, one week before that. Miami flipped North Carolina defensive line commitment Joshua Horton from Langston Hughes High School uh, in the Atlanta area. This is a state champion program with an elite defense that allowed like 70 points this year. Horton was the anchor. True interior prospect on on the D-line there. He was the anchor of that unit. Uh, And then just for good measure, the day before, uh, Marcellius Pulliam out of Sandy Creek High School in Georgia committed to the U. So Miami has been absolutely rolling on the recruiting trail, uh, big time gets, but also those depth pieces to fill out in the class of 23. And that's what you need when you're overhauling uh, an entire roster. So Miami now sits at 24 verbal commitments, uh, number one class there in the ACC after Samson Okanlola jumps on board to complete an elite offensive class and a more elite offensive line haul. Before we wrap up today's program, I do want to dig into the latest LSU commitment. I really love what Brian Kelly and company are doing on the recruiting trail throughout this cycle. Javian Toviano is officially committed to LSU out of Arlington, Texas. Arlington Martin High School, you know when LSU is cooking on the recruiting trail, Texas and Texas natives more specifically have a lot to do with it. And Toviano becomes the fourth Texas native to jump on board with Brian Kelly and company in this cycle. He is the highest ranked Texan on board with LSU. Six foot 185, a versatile cornerback safety hybrid. We've got him projected in the SI 99 as a nickel top 80 prospect overall. And now LSU has a handful of SI 99 recruits this class was number six in the country when we updated the rankings on december 1st probably still in that range maybe pushing into the top five with this toviano decision of course miami was right in that six to seven range so they're pushing forward with a red hot december as well but lsu's checking a lot of its own boxes you look at that current tiger roster and there is a huge need at certain positions and maybe most notably defensive back. So here's here's this for addressing the needs at defensive back. D- damn the portal. Don't even dig into the portal, which we know LSU will probably dig into. As of this recording on the evening of December 15th, LSU has seven defensive backs verbally committed. Toviano, the most notable from where I sit, but you've got Dalen Austin from Long Beach Poly, who Oregon and others are really trying to flip there, by the way. So keep an eye on uh, that one. You've got, of course, more in-state recruits on board at many positions, including in the defensive backfield. 
with uh, Kylan Jackson. I really like Ryan Yates, another Texan on board. More of a true safety. He's a Denton Geyer kid. You have probably seen him on ESPN this fall because they've been absolutely rolling uh, in the state of Texas. He is a, a true safety type who could bring that combination of physicality and coverage ability uh, to the table there as well. There's just a lot of, of DBs in this class for LSU, and it is a true uh, need answered and addressed by Brian Kelly, seven in all committed uh, to the Tigers. Again, we love Tobiano, the newest commitment who picked LSU over Texas, Texas A&M, Michigan, and Georgia. There was really uh, buzz all over the place in this Toviano recruitment to spend a little bit more time on the newest Tiger. Uh, but LSU was always right in the thick of it, at or near the top of that recruiting buzz and or perception. Uh, at one point, Alabama was involved. There was some Texas TCU, A&M back and forth. Uh, for some time, but he just hadn't made the visits to Texas for the Longhorns to be considered a true threat. So in the end, it was really AM that presented the true competition for LSU. And I said it earlier in today's show, uh, Jimbo Fisher and company, they're, they're going to close well, right? They just flipped Ruben Owens. They just added another pass rusher, an in-state kid. They're trending for former Baylor verbal commitment, Torian York a linebacker from the state of Texas. A&M is going to finish quite well in this class of 23. And they they swung their sword, shout out to Mike Leach, swung their sword late in the recruitment uh, for Toviano. Uh, but LSU held off. Uh, and I think it's another sort of feather in the cap for Brian Kelly, where, again, when he took the job, the question marks weren't about so much him being a CEO and being organized and running a strong program with good culture and, and X's and O's thereafter, it was really about recruiting. Could Brian Kelly resonate with the Southerner? Could Brian Kelly resonate with the Louisianan, right? With that Cajun culture, could Brian assimilate and eventually accumulate talent, which is really the name of the game in college football these days? Well, here, how's this? December 15th. We just mentioned a huge DB hall, including some Louisianans. Ten Louisianans on board right now, including some of the very best in the state, right? Uh, Lance Hurd's the top offensive tackle in Louisiana. He is committed to LSU. Shelton Sampson's the top receiver in Louisiana. He is committed to LSU. You could argue beyond Arch Manning, Ricky Collins is one of the best quarterbacks in Louisiana. He is, of course, committed uh, to LSU. You've got running backs, safeties, corners, a lot of Louisianans on this verbal commitment list and many of the good ones as well. So you're not just pl plucking from tier two, tier three to make the numbers look good. You're competing and winning against Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Texas A&M, et cetera, for some elite Louisianans. And then the question with Kelly was more widespread. Where else in the South could he make an inroad, right? We know Texas is important to LSU. That box is checked times four. Here's the surprising state, Georgia. Georgia has four Peach State natives committed to LSU at this very moment. The They just lost one of the best Georgians to ever play at LSU in B.J. Ojolari, and there's some turnover here with, uh, with some Georgians. D.J. Chester, big offensive tackle, is maybe the most notable Peach Stater committed to Mr. Brian Kelly. 
and the LSU Tigers. So this LSU class is very strong. Uh, it, it's got balance to it. The DB group is massive and elite all at the same time. There's a big wide receiver hall uh, up in here as well, including Jalen Brown, the only Floridian on board, but a heck of a get for LSU because throughout his entire recruitment, Miami was always the school, was always going to be viewed as the team to beat. Then Texas got involved, then Michigan got involved, and then so did LSU. And LSU just kind of hung around, hung around, hung around, and then closed before Jalen committed in July. And he's taken some visits. Look, he's a South Florida kid. That's what that's what goes down down there. But he's stuck with LSU, and there's not really a ton of Miami buzz right now, which is notable, not head-to-head on the field where you know LSU has been miles ahead of Miami, but in recruiting where you know, as we just talked about earlier, Mario Cristobal and company are doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on the recruiting trail to try to fix this thing down in Coral Gables. So really nice get for LSU to have Jalen Brown on their verbal commitment list. But the class has just about a a bit of everything. There's really no weakness from a volume standpoint. Uh, I think LSU has really uh, hit a home run here uh, down the stretch. And there's a couple other prospects that they're in it for that could further bolster this class of 2023. So where are we now on the calendar? Again, December 15th, six days ahead of the early signing period, the de facto national signing day. I want to give a quick update, uh, just some of the storylines that we are following down the home stretch. Of course, the race for the number one class is where most of that conversation begins. And big shocker out there, it is very much still Alabama's race to lose at this point. They just grabbed uh, the top lineman in the class of 2023, Keon Keeley, pass rusher, formerly committed uh, to the Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish, uh, leaving just 10 after the two commitments on Thursday, just 10 uncommitted recruits in the country. So we know the race for number one is is Bama and then a group of programs. That fluctuation between two and five will be more interesting than who finishes at number one because Bama is going to finish number one, barring some big surprises. But that run from two to five could be any combination of Georgia, Notre Dame, Texas, Miami now in that grouping, Clemson, LSU, Oklahoma, Florida, among the schools thereafter. But two to five could fluctuate depending on just where those final dominoes fall next Wednesday. So just 10 uncommitted recruits, as we mentioned in the SI-99, Nicholas Harbor, the pass rusher out of Washington, D.C., Damon Wilson, the pass rusher out of Venice, Florida, Georgia, Ohio State battle there uh should mention with nicholas harbor it is a michigan south carolina maryland battle how about that for a top 15 overall recruit uh, among the other uncommitted deuce robinson number one tight end recruit usc texas georgia involved there uh mateo uyangalele another pass rusher out of california younger brother of dj of course he is down to usc oregon and Ohio State, uh, Pac-12 buzz between those three there. Uh, Number 20 overall and number 22 overall, both at a Carver Montgomery High School there in Alabama. James Smith, Quay Rousseau, Bama trending, Auburn getting the last visit, the Florida Gators in there thereafter among those uh, top uncommitted recruits. Uh, And then you got to go way down the 99 to 48 overall. Anthony Hill, former Texas A&M commitment, 
a linebacker, linebacker out of uh, Denton, Texas. He is looking at Texas A&M, Texas, and might visit Miami here for the final weekend of the cycle. That will be fascinating. Another top undeclared recruit, tight end Walker Lyons, former Stanford commitment out of Folsom High School in Cali. He has opened things up and is looking at schools uh, like Georgia, USC, and a few others. He won't sign until February, so kind of put an asterisk on that one. Um, and then uh, another pass rusher undeclared out of Louisiana, by the way, Ashley Williams, Zachary High School, former Auburn commitment and Nebraska commitment, is now hearing from the new staff at Nebraska. Georgia Tech just offered uh, a couple other schools trying to stay in the ball game there. And then the 10th undeclared recruit in the SI-99, Caden Lee, slot receiver out of Georgia. Ole Miss viewed as the favorite, but Georgia recently got him on campus. UCF, South Carolina among those also chasing for Caden Lee. So 10 undeclared recruits left in the SI-99. Some of the other 89 could very well switch their commitments between now and or on National Signing Day. So there should still be a lot of fun buzz to track down the home stretch not so much who's going to finish number one but who's going to finish two three four and five very dramatic very close nitpicky hair splitting type decisions for our crew at state of recruiting and si all the same so looking forward to tracking this thing down the home stretch any big decisions that go down we will jump on here and recap it and expand on it kind of gut feel initial reaction style because we like to keep it raw as the legend odb used to tell us so that'll do it for this edition of the state of recruiting we'll catch you on youtube we'll catch you on apple Podcasts, and of course on twitter at john garcia underscore jr be sure to like subscribe and rate cfb nation where you look for the state of recruiting podcast thanks for listening everybody god bless garcia out